for you from the New International Version. From the book of Genesis, chapter 32, verses 22 to 32. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven sons, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip, so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. And he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, It is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip, because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. I think that this story in Genesis that I just read for you is one of the strangest but most fascinating stories in Scripture. It's a story that has puzzled commentators for many centuries. And it's one of those stories that if you ask 10 theologians about it, you're probably going to get 12 interpretations. Some focus on the stature that it gives Jacob after a test of fitness for future responsibilities. Others on that it happens on the border of the promised land. Others on wisdom issues like human nature, divine presence, and the meaning of struggle, and still others on the transformation of a person after an encounter with God. Regardless of which interpretation you want to go with, there is an air of mystery surrounding the story. It's a strange encounter, and we really are left with more questions than we have answers. Well, I'm here to tell you, I sure can't do better than all those theologians who have come before me because I can't give any definitive answers about what this text is all about in some highfalutin theological way. But on a personal level, and that's where we're going to stay today, on a personal level. It is a story that I have come back to time 
and time again in my life because it seems to me to have a great deal to say about personal struggle and what happens to us as individuals when we face trauma and difficulties in life. Many of us have been through deep traumas. Perhaps some of us are going through deep traumas at this very moment. And we know that our nation and world are definitely going through deep medical, racial, and political traumas right now. And what I don't want to do, and what I will never do, is offer trite answers that seek to defend God in the face of our sufferings. As many of us know, when we suffer deep trauma, often there are no answers at all. We just need to grit our teeth and get through it. Survival is good enough. Well, we just have to abide with it. Pain and trauma are pain and trauma. It is a dark place to be. And sometimes we just need to be able to sit in the darkness and survive it. Or what 500 years ago John of the Cross called the dark night of the soul. And what we don't need is someone trying to get all theological about our pain and try to get us to look on the bright side of life. So I'm not using this story to give us any answers this morning. Instead, I just want to make some general observations about the relationship between spirituality and pain. And each one of us needs to do with this story as he or she sees fit. It is a strange story, isn't it? Jacob is wrestling with a man, but we aren't ever told who this man is. We're just left with the assumption that he is either God or a messenger from God. And certainly that was Jacob's analysis of the situation. And there's a sort of built-in mystery to this story. Because it all takes place in the darkness, at night. And in the midst of that darkness, we don't know anything about the appearance of the man. For at no point is there any description of him. And we're not given any description of the fight either. No play-by-play, play, no blow-by-blow blow narrative is given to us. In fact, it appears that they were fighting together for many hours. But all we're told in verse 24 is a very simple statement. And a man wrestled with him till daybreak. Wow, if there ever was a minimalist description of an incredibly intense and intimate encounter, that's it. The whole event is shrouded in mystery. An event in the darkness. An event without any adequate description whatsoever. But in the shroud of this story, there are some really important observations, I think, about how we cope with trauma 
in our own lives. And the first point to make is that the lack of detail in this story is one of the most important aspects of it. What we want, of course, is clarity. We want to know all the details. We want to know the identity of the man. We want to know the reason why this wrestling match was happening in the first place. We want to know exactly how the wrestling happened. We want the ebb and flow of the battle to be described to us and how long it lasted. Instead, we are left to sit in a shroud, with the mystery of it all. And that, I believe, reflects something of the nature of trauma itself. Because when we experience trauma and go through periods of deep suffering, we are often confronted by emotional enemies we can't really see. We contend with emotions we can't name. We have fears for the future that we can't describe. Very often during times of deep suffering, we feel completely and utterly shrouded in darkness. We have to do battle against very strong emotions, and none of it seems to make any sense at all. We cry out to God. Why do I feel like that? Why did this happen to me? And even more heartbreaking, why did this happen to the person I love? The battle against trauma and suffering is so often a shadowy one, a mysterious one, a battle fought in the darkness of the human psyche. But this story of Jacob's wrestling tells us that even in the darkness of suffering, even in the shadowy nature of emotional pain, God is still there with us. If Jacob's analysis was right, and this man was God himself, then we know that God is with each one of us in the darkness of our emotional struggle. And that as we wrestle, so God wrestles too. As we hurt, so God hurts with us too. Our struggle is his struggle. His struggle is our struggle. And sometimes, that means that God has to wrestle with us to get our emotions and perspectives and goals corrected and turned around toward him so that we can properly deal with our trauma. But I think the next observation we have about this story is equally important, and it is simply this, that there is a conversation going on between Jacob and the man with whom he wrestles. Three times during the encounter, they speak with each other. Initially in verse 26, the man asked Jacob to let him go, but Jacob refuses to do so until he gets his blessing. Secondly, in verse 27, the man asked Jacob his name. Thirdly, in verse 29, Jacob asked the man what his name is. 
three times. In the midst of the struggle, there is a dialogue between the two of them. And this is important for us because it reminds us that in the midst of our sufferings and trauma, we are able to talk with God. And He listens to us even if He is wrestling with us. And if we listen carefully, God is talking to us too. When we are experiencing deep trauma, we can feel so very alone. No one can understand the depths of our emotion. No one truly understands how we feel. And no matter how much we try to explain to others, words are always inadequate. Sure, in our attempt to love each other as a church family, we talk to others. And others talk to us. And there is some degree of comfort, of course, in that. But we are still often left with a deep emptiness inside that no amount of human words can speak into. I'm here to tell you, trauma is a lonely business. But the conversations in this story remind us, in the midst of our struggles, we can talk with God. And he will talk with us. We are not alone in our suffering. God is there with us. And we can communicate with him anytime we want to through prayer. Interestingly, of course, Jacob doesn't always get the answer he's looking for, does he? In fact, when he asks the man his name, the man completely avoids the question and doesn't come close to giving Jacob the answer he wants. And so it is with us. When we pray during times of suffering, we can ask questions of God and often we don't get the answer we're looking for. Or indeed, it seems sometimes we don't get any answer at all. But the important thing is the dialogue. That the communication continues. Because all the while the talking continues, the relationship with God remains intact. We stop talking to God, and when we stop listening for His voice, it is then that the relationship with Him crumbles. And we truly are left alone in the darkness. So we keep talking to God. We keep talking with God. And we keep listening for God. No matter how breathless we are. No matter how tiring the wrestling has become. And we keep the relationship with God alive. Even in the valley of the shadow of death, we can glimpse the compassion of God. And as we do, we can be transformed. As we near the conclusion of this story in verse 28, Jacob is given a new name. We read, Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Now we all know from Sunday school and Bible studies and sermons and stuff like that, in the Bible, a name is more than just a name. Instead, it tells us something about the character of the person. Well, the name Jacob 
had several derogatory meanings in Hebrew, foreshadowing Jacob's poor relationship with his brother Esau that Pastor Scott has told us about in earlier Sundays. But the name Israel means he struggles with God. That's what it means in Hebrew. And so the change in name indicates a transformation of character through the battle as Jacob, a shady character, becomes Israel, the one who has the upstanding character to survive a wrestling match with God and who now sits under the protection of God. Through the struggle, he has changed. And his relationship with God has been transformed. For all of us who have experienced major trauma in our lives, we can testify to the fact that we are not the same person now as we were before. All of us have been transformed and changed through our sufferings. And with God's help, there can result some form of transformation in us that will perhaps be a new strength that can not only sustain us, but also bless and minister to others who are suffering. Well, there's just one more really important point that we need to learn from he who is now Israel. That I want to draw out of verse 31. It says, The sun rose above him, as he passed Peniel. And he was limping because of his hip. Jacob becomes Israel. He receives God's blessing. And he is a transformed character because of the struggle. But he walks away with a limp. Israel had been hurt by the struggle, and he would carry a limp with him for the rest of his life as a result of the trauma he had been through. Quite literally, his trauma had been a crippling encounter, and trauma is crippling for many of us too. But Israel walks with a limp, almost as a sign of victory, not defeat. For he has wrestled with God, and he has received a blessing. And his limp is a permanent reminder to him and to others of the battle that he has been through. You know, I've read the part of the Bible that comes after this story a lot. And, and I'm confident in saying there is no doubt that Jacob became a more compassionate man as a result of his limp, which was his daily reminder of the struggle he had endured. And so his limp becomes part of his character. And in the same way, the crippling that we receive as a result of our traumas becomes an integral part of who we are. Our crippling 
is not to be denied or hidden away for it is part of who we are. And we must learn to own our pain. And at times, follow Jacob's lead.